Hello, this is Pastor Becca Bateman of Doylestown Presbyterian Church. As our podcast audience continues to grow, I want to thank our loyal listeners and welcome those who may have just recently found us. We know that life can quickly become so busy, so this podcast offers an on-the-go opportunity to hear Sunday's sermon, along with a scripture lesson from that day's lay leader or preacher. We also encourage you to visit our website at dtownpc.org to learn more about our church and all the diverse ministries. Thank you for tuning in. Our second lesson this morning comes from the second letter of Paul to Timothy. You may remember that this part of the journey for Paul that he is in prison. He knows that the time of his departure is near and he becomes very reflective about life and faith. You'll hear the name of an individual called Onesiphorus. I cannot remember the last time I baptized a child by the name of Onesiphorus. However, it's a good name. It's a good name. Follow along as I read for you. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. When he arrived in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day, and you know very well how much service he rendered in Ephesus. And this is the word of the Lord. Let us pray together. Gracious God, as we continue our journey under the shadow of the cross, we ask that you would speak to us this morning. And so quiet in us every voice, but your own. Amen. Recently, someone asked me if I remembered all the sermons I've ever preached. And I said, you have to be kidding me. No one remembers all the sermons I've ever preached, including me. And I was the guy that wrote them. However, there is one. It was the very first sermon I ever wrote and ever preached. The first one. Let me fill you in on the story. Every first year student at Princeton Theological Seminary was required to take Preaching 101. It was an introduction to writing a sermon and preaching a sermon. Preaching 101. Rumor had it that many a first-year student entered preaching 101, never to be seen again. (laughs) It all happened in room six, Stuart Hall. 
we were divided into groups of 15. And so you had your allotted times when you had to preach to your classmates. But then, in the back of the room, were two professors. One professor was from the Biblical Theological Department. It was their responsibility to critique what you said. The other was a professor from the speech department. They didn't care what you said. They were interested in how you said it. I don't know about you, but public speaking can scare you. And this was my first go at it. And so I worked really, really hard when my name came up. I remember how I practiced preaching it. I practiced preaching it to our dog, Poncho, who was a chihuahua. I inherited him along with my wife when we got married. <laughs> After many, many rehearsals, Poncho and I agreed it was a pretty good sermon. <laughs> And so I walked into the room and gave it a go. And to be honest with you, my classmates were pretty kind. And the professor from the biblical department was also quite fine in what I said. But then, Suzanne Richmond. <laughs> That's not her real name walked to the front of the class, professor of speech. And she ripped me apart, up and down and back again. She said, that was terrible. I had a hard time listening. I think that might have been the worst I've heard. And she'd been there 20 years. <laughs> Can you imagine how I felt? I was crushed. And I was embarrassed in front of all my classmates. And I decided, this place is not for me. You see, I, I went to seminary with this wild dream that maybe one day I would be a preacher in my own church. But she pretty much told me that was really an impossible dream because I was such a poor speaker. I remember telling my wife, pack the bags and get poncho. We're leaving. And she said, no, we're not. You need to try one more time. And so I did. And when my name came up again, I worked really hard, really hard. And I was about ready to leave for school, and I said to my wife, Corrine, if I am not home by dinner, 
Call the undertaker. You will find me in room six of Stewart Hall. And so I walked in and was prepared, and I looked to the back of the room. And God is a good God. <laughs> Suzanne Richmond had the flu. <laughs> but there in the back was Professor Bill Beaners. He was the chair of the speech department. And so I said unto myself, my days are numbered and surely I will die. But look, here I am, 50-some years later, still trying to preach, still trying to get it right, still trying to bring the word of God. When I finished my sermon, Dr. Beaners walked quietly to the front of the room, and in his very gentle way, he said, Tom, thank you. You know, that was pretty good for a first-year student. I liked it. You have a different style, Tom. We've got a lot of work we can do together, but you know, I, I found myself listening. And isn't that what you want? To have people listen. Can you imagine the weight that was lifted off of my heart. Can you imagine what that moment did for me? One word, a word of encouragement from Bill Beaners. Do you know what encouragement means? It means to give courage. It means to give hope. It means to restore confidence. It means to lift you up when you feel so down. It's no wonder that Paul mentions Onesiphorus in our lesson, Lord, bless the household of Onesiphorus, for often he refreshed me. Oh, we all need an Onesiphorus. We all need a Bill Beaners. We all need someone who will refresh us and encourage us and lift us up. You know, that's all over the pages of the Bible if you read it carefully. We heard it this morning. Encourage one another. In Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 25, encourage one another. First chapter of the book of Romans, encourage one another. It's all there sprinkled all across in, in the book of Acts, Ephesians, Galatians. You'll find it in Timothy and Thessalonians. You'll find it in 1 Peter. Encourage one another. Encourage. Lift up. Give hope to all around you.
encourage one another. We all need encouragement in life. You know, sometimes we bump into individuals who aren't very encouraging. I know you don't have any here at DPC. But I've met them along the way. Somehow they've never read the Bible, apparently, because it's pretty clear. You're not there to discourage. You are there to encourage one another. Encourage. I needed that, and perhaps you do too. And I think this whole world needs some of it. It's tired. We need to give them an extra ounce of courage and hope and confidence. We need to refresh. Because everyone around us, as I've said before, is fighting some hard battle. Most of the time, we don't know. And sometimes, they don't even know. But it can be difficult out there, and sometimes discouraging. That's why Scott Peck, the opening line of his book, The Road Less Travel, simply writes, life is difficult. And so it is at times, isn't it? We all need to be encouraged. You know, I don't know if I've ever really forgiven Suzanne Richmond. <laughs> so wherever you are, I forgive you. But I've told everyone else about you. <laughs> Encouragement. I want you to remember two things. The first is, Encouragement is a gift that you can give. You can give it to everyone because they all need it. And if you're wondering, well, where should I even start? How about this? In your own kitchen, with your own family. Anyone in your family need a little encouragement right now? There might be. When was the last time we really encouraged our family members that we love? And with your friends and wherever you hang your hat, I bet there's someone who could use a word of encouragement, someone to refresh them along the way. And certainly here in this church, during this time, encourage one another. Encourage. The other thing to remember is simply this. In the book of Hebrews, the word for the Holy Spirit is the same Greek word, the root, for being able of the Holy Spirit to encourage. Imagine that. Holy Spirit encouragement from the same basic root word in Greek, parakleto. It means 
that the Holy Spirit, when you are encouraging, is alive and active. Think about that for a moment. That when you are encouraging someone, it's the Holy Spirit that's lifting them up. It's the Spirit of God coming and working through you to that other person, the paracleto, to bring them some courage, some hope, some confidence, and to refresh them. We all need the spirit of Onesiphorus and that of Bill Beaners. So here's a little sequel to that story. Years and years later, when Corrine and I returned to Princeton, we reconnected with a woman who was in my youth group as a teenager back in 1972. She was an adult now, of course. We, you know, went down memory lane. And then she told me that she's an elder in this little Presbyterian church just outside of Princeton. She said, we're, we're, we're a small church, and sometimes we don't have a pastor, but we're blessed because we have this elderly gentleman who often steps into the pulpit for us. And I said, well, who is it? Bill Beaners. And so I told her the story. I said, if anyone doesn't like my preaching, blame Bill Beaners. <laughs> but that's the story I shared. And so when we got together a few weeks later, I said, did you tell Bill Beaners the story? And she said, I did. He doesn't remember you. <laughs> but here's the point. That doesn't matter. What matters is that I remember him. 50-some years, and I remember him. You know, that's how I would like to be remembered. How about you? Amen and amen. Thank you again for joining us today. Once again, I invite you to check out dtownpc.org for information about our worship and programming for all ages.